Happy Sunday, everybody. Welcome to the smartest guy in the room. I'm your host, Jerry Dempsey. With me, as always, my great pal, John Matthew Smith. Matt, what's going on, buddy? Not a lot today, man. It's finally nice here in Albany. It's uh, Sunday. Uh, kind of got a lot planned today, but I don't really feel like doing any of it. So, When you say a lot, like top three things, what are they? Go. <laughs> oh, I got uh I got I got to go out and take some photographs for the uh zine that my brother and I do. Uh and I'm entering uh some stuff into uh for consideration into an art gallery. Cool. And uh uh I'm going to do some well I always say every Sunday I'm going to do some meal prepping for the week, but I won't. So, you know what I'm into right now? Hard boiled eggs. Oh, yeah? Like a whole sign. I just eat the whites, though, because all the cholesterol in the yellow part. Ah, that's bullshit. Well, you say that, and then, you know, then you die of arterial sclerosis, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, yeah, well. I don't know. Topic. I, I mean, for... I'm not a doctor, motherfucker. Topic for another day. So, yeah. We'll talk about cholesterol another time. No, but here's my point. I boil like a dozen of them in the morning. It's like a ritual, okay? I stretch out. I drink a big thing of water, put some grapefruit juice in it. You know, rituals are, are becoming like my thing. I find if I have a set, uh, you know, list of things I'm going to do every day that have nothing to do with anything other than keeping me, like, focused and on track, yeah. I really enjoy it, especially as it relates to eating, because I love to eat and I can go crazy eating. Right. There's like a there's a hard boiled egg cult in society that I'm finding out about. There's a lot of people who are devoted to the hard boiled egg. Wow, I didn't know. And that. I think it's because it's convenient. And uh, but the problem is, is they bring the eggs anywhere and everywhere that they go. Yeah as some type of food source and where it becomes a problem is when these people decide that they're going to bring their hard boiled eggs on an airplane or in the office yeah, bad. Uh, and they don't realize, or they don't care that the fucking eggs smell. Yeah. The sulfur good smell. I don't do that. And uh, I didn't know about the cult quite frankly, <laughs> but I do have some really good gas bombs that uh, I destroy my children with, so uh, I got that going for me. So think. today's topic, big dog, is uh, music. We've been holding off on this one. We're both music nuts. Um, you know, it calms our savage beast, so to speak, or maybe it wakens our inner beast. I don't know. Um, well, that's the thing about music. You can use it to either calm yourself or to, uh, you know. Get pumped up. Get pumped up. Like the fucking war drums, you know what I mean? Yeah. What uh, what what do you find the best pump music to pump you up? Uh, angry, any kind of angry music. Um, you know, my go-to lately is the Lithium Channel on Sirius. Yeah. Where you or Ozzy's Boneyard, I'll go to just to get any kind of like hard screaming angry music 
Man, I, you know, you get serious radio now whenever you get a car or something like that. You know, it's. I have it on my phone, like an app. So I take it with me wherever I go. Dude. I got to get that because I got rid of the serious radio in my car. Sucks, doesn't it? Which was a dumb move. Yep. And terrestrial radio is fucking awful. It is I got just a, awful. I got a trick for you. And I'll share this with our readership or listenership. As it is growing, too. I want to thank our community who take a second out of our time. Uh, we're almost to almost a thousand customer downloads, uh, but that doesn't mean we should stop people. So thanks for listening. Send us uh, any compliments or any critiques. We will listen to them. Um, you can email us or put it on our websites or on Instagram or wherever you get your smartest guy in the room uh, content. But uh, so here's what you do. You call the serious people, the 800 number, and you tell them you can't afford it. And they give you like a six month, really low discount, which, you know, after the six months times out and they jack up the price, then you call and cancel it. Then they make the offer to you. I've been doing that every six months for about five years now. So I get it for like 10 bucks a month or something like that. Really? Yeah. I got to the point where I was getting sick of spending, you know, $220 for serious radio. Not that it was breaking me, but just the uh, principle of it. Because, you know, I started finding flaws in serious as well. I'm like, this is dumb. But then I went back. So I I thought like I was sticking it to the man and got rid of... uh, Serious radio, and then uh, <laughs> jokes on me because terrestrial radio is awful. Yeah, and even these alternative station. There's an alternative station, a uh, long storied one with great history. It was like one of the first in the country, in the Albany area, that actually broadcasts out of uh, Vermont, and uh, it's called EQX. It was one of the first stations to like have like an independent format. Uh, going back to the early 80s. And uh, now when I listen to it, a lot of the new music out there is just, its it, I can't tell the difference between that and the t- shit you hear on like Fly 92, you know, like the, the uh, mass consumption, you know, bubblegum music that's out there, the dance music. It's just, I don't know, it's awful. And, some, and I wonder if I'm like just being the old, crank but but uh but i don't think that's the case because music like new music now it's it's all being made with like computers and auto-tune and shit like that and you look like like i think gibson guitar declared bankruptcy guitar center is like going out of business young musicians aren't playing fucking guitar anymore they're not playing real (laughs) instruments yeah, I don't understand that whole thing. I, you know, I have a twelve-year-old son who plays piano, and he listens to classic rock and classic vinyl uh-huh. uh, with me in the car, and he really prefers like the music that we liked in like the eighties and the nineties, right, and even some of the seventies stuff. He was into the Beatles for a little while, and um, you know, I asked him. Like, don't you listen to any music today? And he's like, no, dad, it sucks. <laughs> you know, and his one, his little buddy, 
you know, they're in seventh grade. And uh, his little buddy came out of the school the other day when I was picking my son up and he had an Iron Maiden t-shirt on. So I'm just like, yeah, see, these kids are listening to what their parents listen to. And I mean, just to take that leap, uh, if I listened to what my parents listen to, I'd probably put a fucking bullet in my head. You know what I mean? I don't know about, I don't know if that goes for you, but. (laughs) I don't think my mother, well, other than Frank Sinatra, my mother was the president of the Frank Sinatra fan club in Buffalo. (laughs) And she had this giant poster. I mean, it was just, it just, it was one of the biggest posters that I'd, I'd ever seen. And she had it in on her wall in her bedroom when she was a kid. And, uh, it was just covered in <laughs> lipstick from like all the girls in the neighborhood, you know. Uh, but I think she followed Frank Sinatra from a heartthrob standpoint. I don't remember her ever being into music. My father, uh, I hated his music, and he used to listen to like Boxcar Willie, and <laughs> you know, he used to wake us up on Sunday morning by playing Mule Train. Uh, full blast. Did your dad watch Hee Haw? <laughs> you know he did. He made you watch it with him. I know. <laughs> but he told me why. But my dad used to watch Hee Haw too, you know, and it was just so dumb. But but if you watch it now, you you as a grown man, you can appreciate why, you know, it was like their version of soft porn, I guess. <laughs> My father was also a big Roy Clark fan. And I, you know, back in the day, I wouldn't give him the time of day. But, you know, as I grew older and I watched him play guitar, that motherfucker could play. I mean, that guy could play better than a lot of your rock and roll heroes, you know? Uh, Yeah. Especially when he died a couple of years ago and videos started getting passed around on his plane via the internet, you know, you. I paid close attention because mainly because my father was such a fan, yep. but Jesus, that guy could fucking burn, man. Yeah. I've watched some Eha episodes. Um, I actually made my son watch it. I tortured that poor kid. I made him watch it with me. Um, just because I was reminiscing about my father and watching the show and I was trying to understand what the appeal was, but like when him and was it the other guy would do the picking and grinning, sessions yeah Owens, yeah um it's just amazing but you know it's interesting my parents got married in 1960 okay Uh and so they were like 23 24 ish maybe when they got married and they did not listen to any of that music like a bob dylan or a led zeppelin yeah the who or anything that was like mid to late 60s they wouldn't know who the fuck Jimi hendrix was yeah. Well, when were, when were your parents born? Uh, late thirties. Yeah, I always, I always wonder about that. What exactly what you're talking about? Because my well, my mom was born in twenty nine. My dad was born in thirty, and uh, but they still would have been in their thirties during you know the. Here, I'll take it one step even further, brother. They didn't. They didn't listen to any of that uh, Woodstock generation stuff. Yeah, but check this out. This will blow your mind. So my mother in law, right? Uh, she's only about 70 now. And she lived in the San Francisco Bay Area during the Summer of Love and all that other crap, right? She lived in Redwood City, California in 1970. Uh-huh. 
didn't had no idea about the Monterey Pop Fest. Didn't know Janis Joplin, Jimmy. Didn't still to this day doesn't know who those people are. Never heard of them. Yeah. So I mean, she was a teenager during the Summer of Love and didn't even know about like Hate Ashbury, Grateful Dead. <laughs> like she doesn't know any of that shit. And when I ask her, I'm like, well, what kind of music do you listen to? She listens to like, uh, oh God, what's his name now? I'm not Johnny something or other, black guy. I don't know. <laughs> oh, I should have wrote it. Johnny down. Mathis. Mathis. Thank you. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh, I like Johnny Mathis. And I mean, that's remember cute. Back, remember back in the early 90s, you and I took a trip to hate Ashbury? Yeah. Yeah. Loved it. It was weird. It was something to see. It was, uh, you know, that, that whole that whole era was long gone by the time you and I went. But it was it was something to see. I, you know, I, I, uh. I went to a college where I went to a small Catholic college uh, and it was just I was so disappointed because, you know, I grew up. When I was growing up uh, in my teen years, I was a really devoted fan of punk music and, you know, Buffalo, they had a couple college radio stations that were pretty cutting edge with alternative music and punk music. And I went to this small Catholic college in, uh, you know, in the foothills of the Allegheny, Allegheny mountains. And, uh, I get there and the radio station there was like basically top 40 and all the kids were into the grateful dead. And I just fucking hated that shit. You know, I was like the one kid on campus listening to the dead Kennedys and everyone's walking around in tie dye and, you know, that's so typical for college students too. You know, it's a because it's an identity. It's like the subculture. Like I went to a Grateful Dead show um, with a friend of mine back in the day, and they were her and her friends were into dropping acid and shit. Yeah. And I fucking I couldn't stand it. I thought all the people were dirty. I thought the music sucked. <laughs> um, but I go I, to I, just, I don't know. I'd go to bigger colleges, visit bigger colleges, and there was more of a you know an alternative and punk scene. Like I could remember going to a lot of the SUNY, uh, traveling to a lot of the SUNY campuses, and I would to go see Ramones shows. And yeah, you know, my college was getting like uh, James Taylor, you know, and Don McLean, you know, and it's like you know I'd have to go to SUNY to go see. You know, uh, wasn't there a famous event where uh, Don McLean got like stuff thrown at him and booed off stage at my college? Yeah, he got shellacked with bottles. Uh, <laughs> but my college was just so full of fuck ups and, you know, it <laughs> spoiled rich kids. But uh, uh, he came out. He played the Spring Fest and he was surly from like the minute he stepped out. And let's face it anyone no one knows any songs by don mcclain really except american pie so the minute he stepped out on stage people were yelling american pie american pie and you know he just started getting pissed and he started insulting everyone and uh <laughs> within seconds it, he just got bombarded with glass bottles and he walked your audience stage. it's like he rule one the, he walked off the stage and he ended up suing our college. It, concerts at my school, <laughs> concerts at my school were a, were just a catastrophe. Eddie Money played, and he got he played like one song, and someone called it a bomb threat. <laughs> so, 
you know, I mean, you know, my school was just a, my school was just a mindless party school and uh, people there were retarded. So, but yeah, I was a punk fan. So, you know, I'd have to, I'd have to go. I I would have to go and search for my music, you know. What? And, uh, why would you say that? Like, like, what got you into that? What was like the kickoff? You remember, uh, you know, what what sparked that flame inside of you? <laughs> I. Uh, well, there was just so much music that I didn't relate to in the seventies, like Journey and the the Eagles, and uh, um. You know, I like some of the harder stuff like Black Sabbath, but uh, yeah, um, I don't know. I saw, I, I think I saw the new. I think I saw the news when punk started to emerge because it was such a phenomenon back then. And I would see the news footage, and it just there was something interesting and a little bit dangerous, and there was a political side to it that I, I gravitated toward, and uh, uh, there was an energy to it, and. It was a new energy, you know, it was a, you see the Ramones and it was like this bizarre energy that you didn't get from like a, going to a Bob Seger concert, you know? Right. Uh, uh, so, you know, I just, as this is how I got into it. And, um, you know, the funny thing is we grew up in Buffalo and when we were growing up, uh, the Goo Goo Dolls were getting their start. And they were a hardcore punk band. A lot of people don't know that, you know, but not because yeah. now they write music for Meg Ryan movies. But uh, <laughs> uh, I would highly recommend people listen to the album Jed, J E D, came out in like '89 by the Goo Goo Dolls. That is a kick ass punk rock album. People wouldn't recognize it now. Interesting. Yeah, I, I think remember, I remember, no, I remember um, you being a big, big Bruce fan. Yeah, I got into Bruce. Um, oddly enough, my brother played, he was four years older than me, and he played college football. And he came back from freshman football camp at this college where his roommate was from Jersey. And he had all these bootleg tapes of Bruce playing at the Stone Pony. And mm. My brother brought a few home, and he's like, you got to listen to this fucking guy, Jerry. And we sat and listened to these Bruce tapes, and I remember hating, like, Jungle Land the first time I heard Bruce. I'm like, this song is just too long and too stupid. <laughs> but, like, what, what got me into it were th was the messaging and, and the um, relatability to this character or any of the characters, because all his... All his songs are about someone in a struggle. There's a story, you yeah. know, and some are better than others. And, and when they're paired up with really good music and, and whatnot, um, they take you to a place. So to me, it was like reading a book. Yeah, he was know? he's a good storyteller. Now, I when I was we're the same age, we went to school together. I uh, I remember in high school, there was a group of you guys who were all into Bruce and I couldn't stand him. Um, <laughs> But, you know, I think as time went on, I, I think I started paying attention to him more in the around 92, 93. Uh, and that was when I began my career as a writer and I, under, I started to understand 
his music more from uh, the stories he was telling. Yeah. And I really got to appreciate that. And, uh, and I think those are the people that I gravitate toward, you know, the, uh, they're not all the same music, but they're storytellers. Uh, so like, you know, the music I listen to and my influences now would probably be Bruce Springsteen and Patti Smith. And, uh, not to be confused with Patti Smythe from Scandal. I hate yeah. when yeah. people do that. That is a oh. fucking sin. And, uh, so Bruce and Patti Smith and Lou Reed and Joe Strummer, uh, and even, you know, Ani, talk about Buffalo, Ani DeFranco, uh, another fabulous artist from Buffalo, uh, who I saw in concert not too long ago for the first time here in Albany. She was fantastic. You know, who else is from Buffalo fucking music really lit me up? Rick James. <laughs> yeah. Super freak. Uh, you know, just it's funny. I think back to um, some of my earliest memories. Now, I don't know about you, but I used to sing in my church choir. Yeah. And it was one of the first times where I probably got any really positive feedback on having any, uh, you know, just small amount of talent. I actually was um, highlighted by my school teachers, like, to sing solos and stuff with the with the church choir so they thought i was a good singer um really? but I, I yeah and i never did anything with it besides a few drunken you know get on the mic kind of things but all that aside you, you performed thunder road at my wedding <laughs> i i mean i will if there's a mic and some booze and <laughs> someone will let me at it i will definitely do it um i actually sang with the famous Shinta brothers one time uh, at a bar, I sang um, Badlands and they just played some music behind it. And we ended up almost getting in a fight with them, myself and a good friend of yours, Mike Frawley, he was there. And um, they called me a fat Donny Osmond, which I told them to go fuck themselves and almost got my ass kicked by the Shinta brothers. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. But, uh, well, I, I can remember going to church with my mother, and my mother would sing. Uh, she would sing all the hymns, and oh my god, that woman was so tone deaf. I used to want to, <laughs> I used to want to crawl under the, I used to want to crawl under the pew when she would sing, because yeah. I, I mean, people would just turn around and like, like search for the fucking dead cat, you know? And, <laughs> and it was my mother, and Did she was queen of heaven. Yeah, she was completely unaware of just, I mean, she was just so tone deaf. And, uh, you know, so I think that that I never sang in church, and it was probably because of her. She left. Uh, My dad was a good singer, and he would sing really loud, just like, and with a stupid grin on his face, just to be like a smartass and make us all uncomfortable. Because <laughs> he'd be singing like with his very deep voice, and then he'd look at me and like give me the wink. <laughs> and I would just put my head down in shame, you know. <laughs> yeah. He actually had a really good voice. So my father just sat there in church. My my parents were like these, uh, you know. They were like, if you asked them, they they would have told you they were good Catholics, but that they just played the part. I don't think they knew anything about the church or anything like that. My yeah. father, like my father, just sat there in church. You know, that's and, what I liked about churches. It was such. Everyone was there. It was like a wink and a nod. We all knew it was bullshit. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, totally. But, <laughs> we're all but, just checking a box, and then we're just going to go leave this church and be a bunch of assholes later. <laughs> my old man would give this lip service about how important church is, you know, and he didn't know anything about music. He didn't know anything about the church, but he used to read, you know, and watch the news all the time. And, uh, you know, remember when we were growing up and Ozzy Osbourne was in the news all the time for biting the, you know, he was, he supposedly bit the head off a bat, you know, and, uh, uh, you know, so the news started, always started reporting stories about him and, you know, made him out to be this devil. And, you know, uh, and I remember going to see Ozzy in concert on Good Friday. My, <laughs> my father, my father thinking, uh, my father telling me I was going to go to hell. <laughs> yeah, my dad only, only two times did he ever comment, like, he would never really say anything, and he never told us much, like about any of that stuff. But I remember um, we joined me and Matt joined um, that Columbia House with the penny, <laughs> and I remember getting like he got all the Kiss records, like Love Gun and all them. Yeah, and I got the my first record I ever bought. I mean, I had to be eight, nine years old. Was the Boston. And I wanted to go to MIT for the longest time after that because I read the jacket cover and they were all like MIT. I didn't even know what MIT was. But long story short, my dad did not like the kiss. You know, he thought we were worshiping the devil and he gave us a bunch of shit about it. So we had to hide the records. We told him we threw them out, which we didn't. But uh. And then the other time I was working on a car in the garage with my brother Tom and we were listening to... Um, Guns and Roses. Uh -huh. um, One in a Million was the song. I remember it pretty well. There's some pretty bad lyrics in that song. I don't know if you're familiar with it, and we definitely can't. That song today wouldn't make it past any of the cancel culture, and for good reason. I, you know, I'll be with the cancel culture on this one. <laughs> My dad comes out in the garage and he heard a few of the lyrics, and he's like, What the fuck are you listening to? <laughs> I'm like, no, that's good music. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I uh, my my brother, who's a musician, he was in a hardcore band called Snapcase, and they started practicing in my basement. Snapcase grew into a really big and influential worldwide like musical act on in the hardcore scene. You can Google them, and uh, they started in my basement, but. Uh, my brother left the band eventually, but I, he was telling me a story and I, I, I don't know if I've got all the facts, but he was telling me a story that my father uh, was concerned that, <laughs> that he was, that he was like a Satanist or something like that. You know? <laughs> so, uh, but I, I can remember them practicing in my basement and my 94 year old grandmother would be upstairs sitting on the couch praying, saying the rosary and, uh, she was a little bit hard of hearing to be. I, I didn't even know she could hear the music, but the the entire house would fucking rumble and vibrate. Yeah. And <laughs> my grandmother would sit there. The couch she would be on would be vibrating. And she just I, I think she thought it was the devil because she'd sit there with the rosary and start praying in this Italian accent. And uh, just fucking comical. So that is phenomenal. I uh, what I I. What I like to do now is like there's a lot of music like I'll I'll look at Instagram and there'll be a like just yesterday there was a post 
and it was it was some about like it's so and so's birthday. He would have been fifty seven years old, you know, today had he lived. And I never heard of the guy, and I looked him up, and he created this like death metal band called Death. And so I go back, I go back and like explore his music. I've I've found a lot of band. I've been finding a lot of bands that way that I didn't know about. All different genres, and that's send that's, them to me. I I'm trying cool. to branch out these days too. It, it's hard to branch out now because the new music is there's so much. There's new. There's always going to be good music out there, yep. but it's it's hard to find, and it's especially, I, I think it's harder to find now without record stores. You know, some the needle has gotten smaller. The haystack has gotten bigger. Is that what yeah, you're trying to say? Yeah, I mean, maybe people younger than us think it's easier. In this digital world, but yeah, I think the young kids know good music, man. They they know bullshit when they see it too. I, mean, I hope so. I hope do. so. I uh, speaking of the Columbia House, you know, I joined that too a couple times, and I'd always forget. <laughs> to send, you know, they'd always make you send back the card every month if you didn't oh. want any music. Yeah, and if you didn't, they would send you new music, and uh, that's and that's scam. how they. That's how they would grab you, because they knew everyone would forget to send in the card. They knew we were okay. lazy fucks, yeah. So then you would end up owing them money, and then you times that by 300 million throughout the country who's, who forgot to like send the card in. But I remember one of the times I forgot to send the card in, they sent me the, the feature album of the month, because that's what they would do if you forgot to send oh, the yeah. card in. And it was Don Henley. Ugh. And I fucking Ugh. freaked out, because I hate the Eagles. Yeah. And... uh uh, that's when I that was the last time I ever joined the Columbia House when they sent me the the Don Henley album you know what's interesting is I never cared too much for them like I think I like most idiot kids I liked Hotel California and I liked the Joe Walsh song like In the City from uh, remember the Warriors remember yeah, that movie one oh, of my favorite all time movie. movies yeah, and Cyrus. the only Eagles song I will give a listen to because of that movie. But is that an Eagles song or is it a Joe Walsh song? Mm -hmm. I think it's an Eagles song by Joe Walsh. Got it. I never understood why Joe Walsh joined the Eagles, what he got out of it. Cause I yeah. think, I think the Eagles always sucked. And I think they even, they not even Joe Walsh could, could save them. No, they're terrible. And some of their songs are, you know, like I, and I'll admit full, you know, disclosure. I, um, Long time ago, my engineer, I lived in California, and he had uh he loves the fucking Eagles. And him and I were riding in his BMW one time and he started playing them. And mm -hmm. I pop it was a tape, and I popped it out and threw it in the back seat <laughs> and told him the Eagles fucking suck. It's like the we big almost Lebowski. pulled over and got in a fight. <laughs> well, here's the thing: the Eagles are one of the top selling acts in like music history or something like that you know or uh, you know and but i don't fucking care they fucking suck and you know americans will always take the easy way out and and you know the fact that they are one of the biggest selling acts you know in american music history doesn't fucking tell me anything because don't you think American Idol is so popular? The Eagles, say, don't you think if they ram it down your throat long enough, you're gonna fucking like it? Yeah, exactly. You know, the the Eagles is music for people who don't want to fucking try. You know, they're the fucking 
they, they represent exactly they you know they're there's a reason why they rammed it down your throat because the eagles were they represented you know the corporate Underachieving america <laughs> well, they, they represented everything that was corporate about music in the 70s you know like corporate tours and corporate radio and just you know just corporate everything they're just fucking awful there's if the big lebowski yeah they very very that movie very very cleverly works in this debate about credence clearwater revival you know there's a there's society is kind of broken up into like a ccr camp and the Eagles camp. Yeah. You know, and the dude, God bless him, is in the CCR camp. You know, like when he gets, when the cops pull him over and they're like, is there, is there anything valuable in this car? And he's like, well, there's a CCR tape, you know? And, and then, but when he's in the other car, you know, he's, he tells the driver to fucking take, you know, a, I think a peaceful, easy feeling comes on and he's like, I fucking hate the Eagles, man. And, <laughs> and they kick him out of the car. You know, I mean, there is nothing about the Eagles in their music that is that is their music is not urgent. It's not it lacks passion. There's no message it's, in it. It's not feel good music. It's just corporate fucking bullshit. These guys are fucking they they went through life fucking lecturing people about the environment and pretending they were fucking cowboys. Glenn Fry was from goddamn Michigan. Fuck the Eagles fucked on Henley. Their music sucks. Right on. They're they're, they're a scam. The biggest scam perpetuated on Americans. Besides, I them. definitely <laughs> agree with you. Um, and I'm not going to waste time on hating other music, but I do want you know I I'm reluctant to pull it up, but it's like when people get in these pissing contests about. You know, I brought up Boston and just, like, how good the guitar was. Now, as a fucking eight, nine-year-old, I could appreciate, like, they're still one of my favorite. I'll listen to them all the time. And my son likes it. So, again, it stands the, the test of time because it's great music, great guitar, which leads me to, like, people get in these, like, oh, I need a list of all the best guitars. Like, Eddie Van Halen just passed away, you know, and all of a sudden now, like, they're talking about him and they're talking about drummers and do you get into the list thing, or do you think that's stupid? I hate lists. I goddamn hate lists. Lists are just, they're too simplistic. You but know? isn't it just a, an excuse to have a conversation? Absolutely. It's a, and, oh. it's a, and again, in, in the, the way the publishing world is now, and the way, uh, you know, the way the internet, what internet has done to journalism, lists are the easiest way to like for people to get published, you know, make a list. There's no real reporting or there's no journalistic element to it. It's all just subjective, easy bullshit, you know. Uh, I I think about what you were just talking about with like the with Boston, you know, um, <clears throat> and I a lot of that 70s music the music some of the musicianship was amazing like you know very technical and uh but so, the, uh, even so like i can appreciate some of like the guitar steely work. dan well i can appreciate i love steely dan but i can appreciate some of boston's guitar work and still think their muse their songs are sappy oh yeah 
You know what but I mean? But that's how people were in the 70s. The 70s yeah. were savvy. I mean, you got to, well, you know, call a spade a spade. Yeah, and there was, this, there was a whole corporate element to rock in the 70s, which, yeah. you know, was one of the things that spawned punk. Uh, yeah. Which stripped the music back down, so. You got to, right, if you want heaven, you got to go through hell, I suppose. I, I didn't come up with a quote for today. Um, I don't think we need one, you know. I with respect to music, it's like if you fucking like it, then listen to it. Well, <laughs> I uh, I'll leave you a quote. I'll leave with a quote because I then found you could be the smartest guy in the room. <laughs> Go for it. Well, I uh, I found this the other day and it just made me laugh. And it's it's everyone's an atheist until they clog the toilet in someone else's house. Fuck yeah, I like it. Profound. <laughs> it's by someone named Zoon Chow, which I think is a made-up person. Because yeah. I don't think there's any philosopher that really would have said that. Well, someone had to think of that line anyway, or someone did it. So, <laughs> if it was me, though, I'd just leave an upper decker anyway. So, <laughs> on that note, I'm going to let you enjoy your Sunday, buddy. All right, Take well, care, the, everyone. Who's, who's the smartest man in the room? Another one of us. <laughs> you know what? Let's but, give that to my mother for singing in church and not knowing she sucked. Uh, yes. Hooray. <laughs> Lack right. of self-awareness can be powerful. <laughs> Miss you, Dolores. All right, buddy. Take care. Love you. Bye-bye. Bye.